we're back on All Access with State Theater New Jersey. I'm your host, Kelly Blythe, and we are looking forward to the Golden Oldie Spectacular coming back to the State Theater on Saturday, March 21st, a 7 p.m. concert featuring Jay and the Americans, B.J. Thomas, Lou Christie, Dennis Stefano, and 1910 Fruit Gun Gum Company. It is going to be an amazing night of music. And with us today from Jay and the Americans is Sandy Dean. Welcome, Sandy. Hey, how you doing? Good. That's quite a lineup you just read. Away. It is quite a lineup. And these are all, all your friends, right? These are all your friends getting back together for a, a, an evening of music, right? Yeah, it'll be a big party. <laughs> it always is. I always tell everybody that a Golden Only Spectacular show is more than just one show. It's it's basically, it's like, it's multiple shows in one. You're getting a concert from each and every one of you guys. So tell us about yeah, what great, we can expect. It's a from, great night. Yeah, tell us about what we can expect from Jay and the Americans and the energy you guys are going to bring. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to bring kind of a perspective of our entire career. Uh, we've been lucky enough to have a lot of hit records. So we're going to sing them all for the audience. And we're going to also tell them a little bit about each one of the songs. Nice. So that they get a little, a little, you know, kind of backstage pass. Yeah. For what goes on with us. Yeah. I love that. I love, a, I always enjoy a little, like, kind of storytellers kind of vibe to, to you know, whatever right. you're, you're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't want you to spoil everything, but give us, give us a little taste of, of, of a song and a little background of a song that you may share on stage. Well, we talk about, um, you know, we've had three different lead singers, three J's, and we talk about how the first J had the first hit with us, She Cried, and we talk about how the second J had uh, his biggest record with us, Carol Mia. Uh, we, we tell stories about all the songs. We even talk about some of the people we worked with, crossed paths with, and kind of helped along on their careers. So uh, it's a pretty interesting cross-section of the 60s and 70s. Nice. So, Sandy, tell us about your career and, and becoming part of the group. And and was this, you know, something that you were looking to do when you, you know, when you were growing up? Were you looking to be in the music business or what? what was... Oh, sure. Absolutely. When I, I watched TV and I saw um, a group come on, called Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Mm -hmm. And they sang their hit song, Why the Fools Fall in Love, on TV. And they were kids. They were young. And I went, I want to do that. And, and, you know, I'm sure everybody that does what we do saw somebody. You know, we saw the Everly Brothers do it. We saw Dion and the Belmonts doing it. And it gave us a feeling that, you know, they were young, youthful people. And we felt we could do the same thing. And we were fortunate enough to live our dream. Nice. And so, you know, you you say, you know, I want to do that. You see it on television. Now, that's, you know, sometimes some, some parents, you know, they, they shudder to be like, oh, no, my, my kid wants well, to be, you know, what, you know, has these, sure, has these dreams. Plenty of shuddering. <laughs> yes, that's funny. So, but, you so, know, you have to really, you have to really want and need it badly to persevere. Because, you know, believe it or not, just just like everybody else in life, when you want something and you try and get it, you hear a lot of no yeah. before you finally get the one yes. Yeah. And if your skin isn't thick enough to take the no, and if you still can believe in yourself, after you hear the no, then you got a shot. 
Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's really important, Sandy. I think uh, you know, it's young musicians these days they they have to hear that. You know, you have to hear it's you gotta you gotta fail before you succeed, and sometimes it's a yeah. it's more it's more than yeah. more than you want to, but to to get there, you gotta you gotta go through the failures. You know, there was an interview by Tony Bennett. They asked him, "What would you tell somebody to do that wanted to get into the music business?" And he said, I would tell them to study all of the people that came before them, learn as much as you can, and then find your own way to adapt that to yourself. Right. And that was the best advice I ever heard. Right, right. Because just because it works for one person one way doesn't mean it's going to work for you that way. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Find your own path. Now, when you were you were making your path, how did you come to meet everybody? How did you become part of the group, and, and where did you meet everybody? Well, I'm the co-founder of the group. It was uh, Kenny and I started Jane the Americans. But we were in a group together before that. We were in high school. And we were the local band. You know, we were the local group. And we got signed to a manager who happened to be managing some groups that had hit records. And we heard a guy that was the lead singer of one of the groups. We loved his voice. His name was Jay Trainer. And we said, how would you like to quit that group and join our group? <laughs> and fortunately, he said yes. And we got an audition with Lieber and Stoller, who were the big record producers at the time. Yeah. And that's how we got started. And we were all friends from Brooklyn. I mean, we kind of knew each other from the streets, singing at uh, record hops and, you know, singing at high school. So, uh, you know, everybody sang. And there were a lot of people singing in Brooklyn. When I was growing up. Yeah. But we were, we were lucky enough to be the group that made it. Well, to land that audition for Lieber and Stoller, I mean, that, that those were the guys, yeah. you know, back back yeah. then. Those are the guys. That must have been to prepare for that. What did, what did you guys do? Did you, Was it a, one song? Was it a couple songs? Like, what what was that we audition did, process? We, we, did, we did three songs for them. We were so in awe of, of those guys because they had so many hit records and they produced so many hit groups. They were they they produced our favorite group at the time. We're still huge Drifters fans, and they were producing all the Drifter records, and um, we were very impressed with what they wrote and what they produced. But the idea of getting an audition with them was very scary. Uh, but we managed to muster through it, and they heard something. They heard, you know, a bunch of young white kids because we were their first white act. Okay. Uh, they they were doing the drifters, the coasters, the exciters, a whole bunch of people. Uh, the only other act that they dealt with, but they didn't produce him, was Elvis. But Elvis was really, you know, a soulful guy. I mean, right. he wasn't like a duop guy. Right, right. So they heard our voices and they were impressed with the harmony, and they loved Jay Trainor's voice. They just they just loved it like we did. And we got to deal with them, and then the rest is history. Nice. So from there, so, you know, when you, you first, I, I always ask this because I'm always curious, like, do you remember where you were and what you were doing when, when you first heard I was your song on the radio? <laughs> driving yeah. where? I was driving in my car. I was driving on the Belt Parkway in Brooklyn, and um, I was listening to, uh, I think it was, Radio station WINS, and a guy named Murray the K played She Cried in a Battle of the Bands. 
He used to play two or three records, and all of his fans would call in and pick the song they liked the best. I always had a car accident. I was going to say, drive off the road? <laughs> yeah, pretty close. I mean, it was a very exciting thing to hear, to hear yourself singing on the radio when it's what you dreamt of so many years, you know. And, um, you know, you get in very innocently. All we wanted to do was hear our record on the radio. I mean, that, that, was, that was what we were trying to achieve. Right. It wasn't about fame. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about signing autographs. We just wanted to hear ourselves sing on the radio. And it happened. Wow, wow. Now, uh, am I right that you were part of the first Beatles American tour? Yeah, we, we did the first show they did prior to that first Ed Sullivan show. Wow. In Washington, D.C. Uh, it was us and the Righteous Brothers, and I think Tommy Rowe was on the show. But the kids were screaming, we want the Beatles. They weren't listening to anybody, but all they kept doing was screaming, we want the Beatles. <laughs> but it was a pretty, pretty sensational moment. Wow. You know? Wow, wow, that that's 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 something. And then you went on, you played at Carnegie Hall on the Rolling Stones tour. Yep. Yeah, we actually closed for them. Wow. Because we were supposed to open to them, and they had a television interview that they had to make. So the promoter came over and said, "Listen, guys, you got to do me a favor. You have to go on last. They have to go on first, or they won't be able to make the TV show." So when they left after their set, the whole audience emptied out, chasing the car down the street, screaming, <laughs> and we played for the cleanup crew. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that, that's, 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 wow. That's just amazing. Yeah, that, that's what was going on. <laughs> so, if you weren't British, they didn't stay for the show. <laughs> That was just the the time, right? That was the that was the yeah. fad of the moment, yeah. You know, um, I always I'm always curious about tour life. Like, it's it's not for everyone. So when you when you guys started first, you know, going out on these tours, um, and 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 sing all around the country, um, how was that for you? Were you okay with the tour life? Were you comfortable with it? Was it something that you had to really adjust to, or what what was it for you like for you? It was it was like it was like a duck taking to water. We, we were so excited about going on tours with all of the other artists. It was, it's like the show that we're going to be doing. It was a party. You know, it was a chance to meet people that you heard their records, they heard your records, and you wanted to, you know, meet them and be friends with them and sing with them and, you know, hang out backstage and swap stories. Right. And, uh, I mean, it, it was a great experience. When oh. you're that young, traveling doesn't bother you so much. So only when you get older that it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, we, we, we were just excited. You know, we went on tour with some amazing people. Uh, it was lifetime experience. One of the best tours we went on was toured with Roy Orbison. And I got to tell you, that was such an eye-opening experience, hearing him sing and hear all those songs he wrote. Uh, we became really good friends with him. But he was amazing. Wow. And... You know, the acts that we played with, it was just great. Wow. You know, it was like an admiration society. Yeah. So, Roy Orbison, uh, what, nice guy or what, you know, what... Uh... He was a true Southern gentleman. Wow. He was the nicest guy. Wow. And he was a superstar as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's the most underrated superstar I ever met. Yeah, that really like no other, right? I mean, 
really a very yeah. unique performer yeah yeah, great stuff. Now, you you know, you're 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 on the you're on these tours, you're meeting all kinds of people. What are do you have a favorite, you know, backstage story of of talking to someone or running into someone by mistake or meeting, you know, is there is there a favorite story a story of yours from from those early days? Yeah, it was really on the Roy Orbison tour. It was really funny. Dave Clark 5 was also on that tour. And we were all having hit records at the same time. And, uh, you know, Roy was a huge star in the South. He was as big as Elvis. So when we were touring, we started out, and while the tour was progressing, Dave Clark's record hit number one. Wow. So they called the agent who booked all of us on the tour. I said, our record's number one. We insist on closing the show. And we, we heard Roy yelling. I never heard Roy race. Uh-huh. So we went into his dressing room and said, what's wrong? He says, I just got a call from William Morris, and they're saying that uh, Dave Clark Five insists on closing the show because their record is number one. So we said to Roy, well, Roy, don't worry about it. We're playing Montgomery, Alabama. Let them close the show. Just make sure that we go on before you do. <laughs> so we went on. We got a huge ovation. Roy went on. The place went crazy. They were ready to rip the chairs out of the floor. He had to go back on stage and sing Pretty Woman three times. Oh. Then, then he left, and then the day clock five came on, and the auditorium emptied. Ah, oh. <laughs> lesson learned, so, huh? <laughs> you know, you live and learn. You got to know when to call, you know, when to call uh, the shop. Yeah, yeah. We are talking with Sandy Dean, who is part of Jay and the Americans coming to the State Theater in the Golden Oldie Spectacular on Saturday, March 21st, 7 p.m. show. It's going to be an amazing concert. Thank you so much, Sandy, for being on today's All Access. And uh, we look forward to the party on March 21st. Yeah, tell them to bring their party hats. We'll be there. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.